the God of wind and fire, sweeps into our presence in this hour. Glory be to God, who strengthens us and blesses all people with peace. God, who called all the world into being, calls forth a new life in us today. Glory be to God in whose creative purpose we are claimed and empowered. God, whose spirit unites all people in a common language of love, confirms God's gifts in us as we all gather together. Glory be to God, who created light in which we can walk in confident expectation. Welcome to Worship Creston Church. On this Pentecost Sunday and this final Sunday of Eastertide, we continue to celebrate the resurrection and the ascension of our Lord Jesus Christ. It has been 50 days since Resurrection Sunday. On that day, you may recall seeing that white and gold banner behind my shoulders. This 50-day span of time is the very same amount of time that the disciples spent in two separate segments, 40 days spent with Jesus until he ascended, and then 10 more days waiting for the promised outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Oh, the power that they were witnesses to. Red is the liturgical color for Pentecost. And once again, on this final Sunday of Eastertide, we can say together, Christ has died, Christ has risen, Christ has ascended, and Christ is coming again. Thanks be to God. We've been praying for you as we gather for worship in all of our virtual listening and watching places. And we pray that everyone who gathers will have an encounter with the living God. The good news for us today is that the living God is here and there, wherever you are in our many different places today. Bit by bit, we're getting a little more comfortable with worshiping together while apart. One thing that might still not be so easy is trying to figure out how to actively participate together while still in your own places. So here's one opportunity though. I invite you to stretch out your hands right now as a visible sign of receiving God's greeting right along with everyone else who is watching. My friends, receive God's greeting. May God surprise you and amaze you today with the gift of the Holy Spirit. May God continue to fill your lives and your hearts as we worship him together. May God fill you with joy and excitement in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And all God's people said, Amen. Please join me in our morning prayer. Holy Spirit, Lord and giver of life, at the beginning of time, you moved over the face of the waters. 
You gave every living thing the breath of life. Come, Creator Spirit, and renew the whole creation. Holy Spirit, the voice of the prophets, you inflame men and women with a passion for your truth, and through them you call your people to the ways of justice and compassion. Come, Spirit of Righteousness, and burn in our hearts. Holy Spirit, Spirit of Jesus, by your power, Jesus came to bring good news to the poor and release to those who are held captive. Come, liberating Spirit, and free us from the powers of sin and death. Holy Spirit, Advocate, Teacher, you speak to us of our Lord and show us the depth of his love. Come, Spirit of Truth, abide in us and lead us in the way of Jesus Christ. Holy Spirit, wind and flame, you filled disciples with joy and courage, empowering them to preach your word and to share your good news. Come, Spirit of power, make us bold witnesses of your redeeming love. Holy Spirit, Spirit of peace, you break down barriers of language, race, and culture and heal the divisions that separate us. Come, reconciling Spirit, and unite us all in the love of Christ. Holy Spirit, Lord and giver of life, at the close of the age, all creation will be renewed to sing your praises. Come, Creator Spirit, and make us new creations in Jesus Christ. Amen.
This next Pentecost hymn is somewhat unfamiliar and I think deserves a few words of explanation. Like the previous hymn, it is a prayer of praise to the Holy Spirit. But this hymn, Spirit of Gentleness, is a chronological summary of the Spirit's working throughout history. So verse 1 says, You moved on the waters, you called to the deep, then you coaxed up the mountains from the valleys of sleep. So the Spirit was at creation. Then verse 2 says, you swept through the desert, you stung with the sand, and you gifted your people with a law and a land. That conjures up uh, pictures of the Israelites wandering through the wilderness. The Spirit was there. And verse 3 uh, depicts Jesus' birth, his death, his resurrection, and Pentecost. And it begins like this. You sang in a stable, you cried from a hill. Then you whispered in silence when the whole world was still. And then we move to verse 4. And verse 4 is a picture of our future, uh, the Holy Spirit guiding us through the future. It starts this way. You call from tomorrow. You break ancient schemes. So we'll be singing the Spirit of Gentleness, and it begins with a refrain, and you'll hear that two more times.
Please pray with me. Father, we often become discouraged with the lack of influence the church has in our world. We wonder if our task is greater than our abilities. But then we remember the promise and power of your spirit and realize we are not alone in our mission. Forgive us for our neglect of your spirit when we work so hard without your guidance. Revive your church with new life to the body of Christ in today's world. In his name we pray. Amen. I will take you out of the nations. I will gather you from all the countries. I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you will be clean. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees. You will be my people, and I will be your God. Friends in Christ, by the power of the Spirit, we are united in Christ and given a new spirit. Live in the joy and peace in this assurance. Our worship also includes our offerings. As we have just been reminded once again of God's grace toward us, our best response is to offer our whole lives back to God. Offering money is just one very important way that we can do that. During these times of being apart, you may give your gifts using the postal system or our online giving process, making sure to clearly designate which causes you want your offering to be shared with. Today's special offering is for Mel Trotter Ministries. They exist to demonstrate the compassion of Jesus Christ through rescue and restoration for anyone experiencing hunger and homelessness. Through the power of Christ, Mel Trotter Ministries looks forward to bringing an end to homelessness in West Michigan, one life at a time. Our weekly offering is for the other ministries of Creston Church and for our denomination, what God has called us to do as a church in this neighborhood and city, and what God has called us to do as a denomination around the world. May God bless you as you offer your gifts to him. Please remember to check that Friday email. It contains lots of information for you about our church family, on the, about the ongoing ministries of Creston Church. And even though we're quite limited in our physical comings and goings these days, it's a joy to find out and hear about how many of you are finding new and unique and very special ways to serve our God and our communities. God bless you. I'd like to share some prayer concerns that we have received. And whenever I say, as is our custom, Lord, in your mercy, please respond with, hear our prayer. Please pray for our family in the Creston neighborhood. Both of the parents have coronavirus. The father was taken to the hospital a week ago. They have six children, 13 years old and younger. They are undocumented and so they have not received the financial rescue dollars given to many of us. Pray for the Father's recovery and for the safety and security of that entire family. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Jeff Bowman had been in the hospital in Greenville 
this past week being treated for pneumonia. He returned home from the hospital on Wednesday just in time to celebrate his 66th birthday. Please pray for Jeff and his continued health. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Matthew Gishelar, our student intern from Kelvin Seminary, successfully completed his spring semester coursework online at home with his parents during the COVID-19 restrictions. Now he will be working at his family's business in Brantford, Ontario for the summer. Thank God for guiding Matthew through, through his first year of his seminary training. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Nick and Linnea Scobie are grateful for the time with Nick's family this past week, and now they ask for prayers as they make that three-day trip to Los Angeles, 36 hours of driving. Please pray for safety, both as they drive long hours on the roads and as they na navigate many stops and lodging in the midst of the pandemic. The Scobies are grateful for the past eight years at Creston Church and for the love and support of their Creston Church family. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Adam's boss, Brad, has been in the hospital after, after a tragic car accident with three of his other family members in the vehicle, along with his 18-year-old son, Noah, who did not survive the accident. The latest updates sound like Brad is making a good recovery since that accident a couple of weeks ago. Please pray for his continued recovery and for peace and comfort for that entire family in this time of tragic loss. And thank God for the good news of this recovery. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Please join me in a time of prayer for our congregation and for the world around us. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your presence among us. We don't have to ask for it. You are already among us through the power of your Holy Spirit, whose arrival we celebrate in a very special way today. We are mindful not only of um, the things that have been mentioned in our prayer notes this past week, but also of some other things that are going on in our world and in our community and in our church. We think once again of our worldwide struggle with the COVID-19 virus. We can't hardly wrap our minds about how many impacts there are. There are people who have passed away and whose families are grieving. There are people who are in hospitals right now, struggling for their lives. And there are families, once again, who are very concerned. There are people who have been impacted in very difficult ways financially perhaps some of even of us. And uh, the impacts of that are beyond our comprehension, one person at a time. But it's not too big for you, God, to comprehend the challenges that we face. We face challenges when it comes to figuring out how it is that our usual activities in life will come back into being. Schools, businesses, events, festivals for the summer, our comings and going for times of relaxation, and yes, even for us here at Creston Church. Oh God, 
work powerfully in the minds and hearts of all those who need to make decisions about the process that we need to take in safe ways going forward. We pray for Creston Church's Council as they uh, continue to have discussions about what it means to be church in the Creston neighborhood and throughout this world. Give them wisdom and guidance as they um, come to uh, uh, an awareness of what a good plan would be for us going forward. We pray also for the transition team as they continue to do their work. We ask for guidance to them, for them as well. We find ourselves in a time of transition also when it comes to office bearers. And so as some, some people finish their time of serving Creston Church, we give you thanks on their behalf. And before too long, some will take up a new area of ministry. And we pray for, their for your blessing as they begin their time of service among us. We can't help, O oh God, be aware of the challenges and struggles and troubles of our world. And our news feeds have been rocked with tragedy as we watch killings take place, as we watch riotings take place, as we watch fires get set and damage be done to property. Because we as human beings, as those who bear your image, still struggle with how it is that we can get along in this world, regardless of the things that make us somewhat different from each other. Oh God, fill us with an awareness of the power of the peace that only you can give through your Son, Jesus Christ. And however much it depends on each one of us, empower us with your Holy Spirit to be ambassadors of the good news of Jesus Christ that can bring peace in our troubled world. Once again, we pray for Brad's recovery and comfort for his family. We pray for Jeff's recovery from pneumonia. We pray for those who are struggling in our Creston neighborhood, that family who has been ill, but also those in our neighborhood who are struggling in different ways, perhaps that we're not even aware of. We give you thanks for Matthew's completion of his school year and we pray for a good summer of employment and time spent with his family. Give traveling safety to Nick and Linnea and guide them as they settle in to their new place in California. Gracious God, your Holy Spirit hovered over the waters at creation. You made a world that was breathtaking and life-giving. Sin invaded this world and shattered it. Pollution, disease, and natural disasters plague our world. God, our provider, heal the sick, give peace to the dying, shelter the homeless, and protect the vulnerable. With your Holy Spirit, renew your creation. When you formed humanity, you breathed your spirit into us. You walked in the garden. You wanted fellowship with us. Our sins separated us from you, and so... We live in a world of pain and hurt. Some are hungry. Some are lonely. Some are empty. Some are oppressed. Almighty God, giver of strength, 
feed the hungry, quench the thirsty, support the orphans, uplift the depressed, and free the downtrodden. With your Holy Spirit, point us to new life in Christ. You call the people to be your own and to be a light to the world. Throughout the world, your church suffers. Some are mocked for professing your name. Some are killed for praying to you. Some pursue personal preferences rather than loving unity. God, our refuge, shield from harm those who love you. Surround us with your mercy and gird your church with the fruit of your spirit. With your Holy Spirit, empower your church to witness to your glory. Through the grace of Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen. We thank God that our children continue to hide God's word in their hearts. They've made some videos that show us their efforts. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a, suddenly a sound like the violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to us on each of them. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now they were saying in Jerusalem, God be from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came in bewilderment, and they each heard their language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, Aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hear them in our own native language? In addition, our children continue to have the opportunity to join in on their own regular video time of children's worship. We pray for God's blessing upon each one of you. Good morning and praise the Lord. And thank you for allowing me to come into your home and to worship the living Lord Jesus Christ on Pentecostal Sunday. And what a wonderful day that we can celebrate God pouring out his spirit upon the church. Praise God for that. You know, there's a lot of confusion about the person of the Holy Spirit and what he does inside the church and what he does through our lives. And that's what I want to talk about this morning, the power of the Holy Spirit from Acts chapter 1 through 13. The reason I want to do that because I too was confused, especially when I was coming up, uh, growing up in the world. 
and who is the Holy Spirit, what does he does, and why he is here. Because I can remember when I was eight or nine years old, and uh, uh, my parents and I, uh, and our siblings, we attended First Baptist Church, and First Baptist Church was a, was a conservative church. And um, my aunt went to a Pentecostal church, which what my, my parents called the Holy Road at Church. And so my, my parents had an outing one night, and they got my aunt, my aunt out of me, to babysit us. And so uh, on that night, Adame took us to church with her to one of those holy roller churches. And uh, what we saw uh, was uh, the preacher preaching and uh, laying hands on people and people speaking in tongues. And some people ran around the sanctuary. And some people jumping up and, and screaming. And, and when the pastor laid hands on someone, they would fall down off the floor and people was getting healed. And, 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 and my aunt was saying, boy, uh, our church is filled with the Holy Spirit. Filled with the Holy Spirit. And, and when we were at home and, and my, my parents came and, and, uh, and, uh, and, uh, to get us. And, and, uh, uh, and so uh, later on that night, my brother uh, wanted to imitate what we saw uh, at my uh, aunt's church. My aunt Adam that is, uh, in our Holy Roller Church and uh, a Pentecostal church. And uh, so we was imitating him. My brother was a preacher and he would lay hands on me and I would fall out at the altar and screaming and kicking. And, and uh, my sister was, was, was uh, uh, screaming and, and stuff in this nature, laying a, a sheet over me uh, so that my God-given uh, uh, private parts wouldn't, wouldn't show. And, and so uh, my mother came into the room and say, what do y'all get this? What where do y'all get this from? And my brother went on to explain to her that my aunt, my aunt Adam took us to her church, to the Pentecostal church. And my mother was really upset. And so a few days later, when my when my aunt Adam came over, she confronted Adam about exposing us to the Pentecostal church. Because the Pentecostal church believe in that if 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 you didn't speak in tongues, you know, uh, you weren't saved. If uh, if uh, if no one uh, uh, was if the pastor wasn't healing and people wouldn't fall like the altar, you know, what I'm saying the Holy Spirit was not in that in your church. You got a dead church because you you didn't have drums and you didn't have tambourine and you didn't have uh, a keyboards and so. My mother was really upset with her for exposing us to what she called a holy roller church, but really was a was a Pentecostal church. So the question this morning that I want to get at, and I want the Bible to 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 to, to show us, it is speaking in tongues, is a laying hand and someone falling at the altar. Is that evidence that a church is filled with the Holy Spirit? It's God operating in a church that only say amen. Or do we have to have, do we have to speak in tongues? So the title of this message this morning is The Power of the Holy Spirit. 
And it comes to us out of Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 13. Let me read it, and then we'll pray. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like a blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now that was staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. And when they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard them speaking in his own language. Utterly amazed, they asked, are not all these meanings who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hear them in his own native language? Parthathane, Medes, Elamites, resident of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus, Asia, Frisian, Pamphylia, Egypt, and parts of Libya near Cyrene. Visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Crees and Arabs, we hear them declaring the wonderful work of God in our own tongue. Amazing and perplex, they ask one another, what does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said they have they have had too much wine. Let us pray. Father God, we come before your throne in the, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank you that I don't, I don't come alone. I come with your people this morning. And Lord, we are asking you through the power of the Holy Spirit to illuminate our minds, to give us so that we can have understanding of your holy word. So we can have clear understanding what is the evidence of your power working in the church. So, Lord, we ask you for blessing upon your on your mighty word. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. So the question on the floor this morning is, what is the sign? that tells us that the power of the Holy Spirit is operating in our churches. How does a church know it is filled with the power of the Holy Spirit? And one of the things I know as a prerequisite of the power of the Holy Spirit operating in our churches is that it's evidence is that it is an evidence of obedience. You remember in chapter 1, verse 4, where Jesus told them to stay in Jerusalem until the Father sent the promise which he had spoken about, the promise of the Holy Spirit. And we see in chapter 2, verse 1, chapter 2 in general, that these men and women, all 120 of them, and perhaps their children all stayed together in Jerusalem. That's important. Because a church that is filled with the Holy Spirit is obedient to the voice of the living Lord Jesus Christ. 
And Jesus was real, was, was, was real to them because they saw and touched him with their own eyes. 50 days after Jesus' resurrection and Jesus walking around on earth for 40 days, God poured out his spirit and he poured out his spirit on a church that is obedient. That's what John talks about. That's what Jesus talked about in John 14, 15, John chapter 14, verse 15 and 16. If you love me, you will keep my commandment. And I will ask the Father, and he will send you another counselor, another helper. He says, Look, the world do not know him, but you know him because he he, he not only because he lives in you, and he will be with you. So one of the evidence of prerequisite of the Holy Spirit is obedient. Obedient. Because our obedience is a demonstration of our love for the Lord Jesus Christ. God love you. And I see another uh, uh, prerequisite of the power of the Holy Spirit operating in our churches. It says they was together in one place on one accord. The Holy Spirit was not at first an individual experience, but a communal experience. God poured his spirit out on the church first because the church has gathered in obedience to the Lord Jesus' mouth. I mean, Lord Jesus' mouth, yes, voice. Therefore, one of the signs that a church is filled with the Holy Spirit is not an individual gift. Although the Holy Spirit does give a person a gift or gift. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7, put it this way. That, that God gave each and every one of us gift or gifts for the common good of the body of the uh, 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 Christ. So tongue is not a, 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 a evidence that a church is filled with the Holy Spirit. A prerequisite of the, uh, 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 of the power of the Holy Spirit Operated in a church is obedient and coming together collectively on one accord. You show me a Christian who, who have not joined a local church, and I show you a person who is not under the influence of the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit, watch this, don't miss this, adopted us as individuals into the covenant family of God. That's what 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16 is talking about. Paul asked the Corinthians, do you not know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's spirit lives in you? God, whenever we come together, Jesus says in Matthew 18, 20, where, there, where two or three of us gather in his name, there he is. 
God is with us. The power of the Holy Spirit is operating in us and among us and, and is it manifesting the spirit of Jesus Christ. So speaking in tongues is not a sign that the church is filled with the Holy Spirit. It is obedient. It is us gathering together to lift up the same praise and to worship the living Lord Jesus Christ. Not only is obedient a sign that the church is filled with the Holy Spirit, not only is a communal experience, it's a sign that a church is operating in the Spirit, but having the same mission and the same vision as the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says they was all together in one place. Now, all together means more than just them being in the same building. They had the same thought, the same mind. They had the same vision and mission of who Jesus Christ were. Is, sorry. They truly believe that God had raised Jesus Christ from the dead. And in spite of being in a hostile environment, in spite of being hated and being hunted down by the religion, the religion, religion officials, they was obedient. They came together because of what they, they faith believed. We have the Apostle Creed. But they believed that God raised Jesus from the dead and that Jesus was Lord. They believed in the same vision, in the same mission as our Lord Jesus Christ. Go make disciples of all nations. They believed that classism, racism, gentleism has no place in the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. They believe in Galatians chapter 3 verse 26 and 28. That you are all sons and daughters of God through faith in Jesus Christ. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have closed yourself with Christ. And therefore, there's neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male nor female. For you are all in Christ Jesus. The real evidence of the power of the Holy Spirit operating in our churches is seeing God break down walls and barriers and bringing people together to form a perfect union in Christ Jesus from all different backgrounds, all different races. Because if you look closely at this passage and look at these 13 different countries, and look at all these different peoples who heard them speaking in tongue in their own language, in their, in their, from their own culture. 
And if you want to know, is Satan working in your church? Look for those who have a divisive spirit because they are blocking the Holy Spirit from bringing union in the body of the living Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I, I, I learned two purposes for the Holy Spirit, for God pouring out his Holy Spirit in his passage. Let's look at the first one. It comes from Acts chapter 2, verse 3 and 4. All 120 men and women who were filled with the Holy Spirit began to speak in tongues as the Spirit, watch this, enabled them. Underline the Greek word, I mean, underline the word tongues. The Greek word for tongues is glossa. It is translated language. Both verse 6 and verse 11 of chapter 2 brings this to bear. Jews and, convert, and converts who came from all over the world to worship God at the temple. And they heard all 120 men and women speaking in their own language. You know what that's a, you know what the God gave us one, one of the reasons that God gave the Holy Spirit, not just to adopt us into his family, not just to seal us to the day of redemption, not to just to teach us and, and guide us into his truth, but God poured out his spirit upon us so that we can bear witness of the wonderful work of God in our lives. These folks was bearing witness in those people's lives. They was presenting the gospel, even though they didn't understand the language, even though they had never spoken uh, 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 Egyptian language. God, through the Holy Spirit, came and used their, their voices and used their mind to, to articulate to them what Jesus Christ done upon the cross for them that God so loved the world, that God gave his only begotten son for, 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 for those who believe in his name. He did not send his son in the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through his son. I can imagine that's what it, he articulate, they articulated in, the, in these people's language, talking about the wonderful work of God and that God raised Jesus Christ from the grave. Because the Holy Spirit knows the Holy Spirit knows that we need Jesus Christ. We need to be set free in every area of our lives. And we're only going to be set free through the blood of Jesus Christ. So speaking in tongues was given. It's, it's not evident that the Holy Spirit is working in the church. The, 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 the speaking in tongues is... It's, 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 it was given to the church so that we can bear witness. That's what Paul talks about in, 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 in 1 Corinthians. 
that 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 if somebody came in and and we speaking in tongues and they don't know what we talking about, they think we call stone crazy. But if God want me to 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 to, to articulate the gospel to a, to a guy from China, he had to give me the gift of that language, China, Chinese language, so I can articulate the good news of the gospel. I see another purpose in verse 13 and 14, why God poured the Holy Spirit upon us. Because the Holy Spirit can do in our life what the law can't. The Holy Spirit can do in our life what we can't do for ourselves. And that is to transform our attitude, to transform our life, to transform our character into the character of Christ. In fact, to give us Holy Ghost guts. Because some of the people was in the, in the crowd said they were drunk with wine. But you know, Peter, Peter stood up in front of them all and declared and explained to them what was going on. We're not drunk. God is doing what he promised in, in, in Joel, in Joel. That he was going to pour his spirit upon our children and upon our old men and young men and old, older women and, and younger women. That we may bear witness of the wonderful working power of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the good news of the gospel. And Peter had guts to stand up in front of that, that crowd and declare what God had done. I'll tell you another reason there too. He also gave us, uh, uh, us the Holy Spirit to illuminate our understanding. Because the Holy Spirit helped Paul, helped Peter to reach back to the Old Testament, Joel, Joel, to, to explain to them through scripture what was going on in the church. It is not falling out on the floor. It's not speaking in tongues. It's not casting out demons. It's evidence that the spirit is moving in place or, or having tangerine and guitars and band. There's nothing wrong with that. If that helped us to exhort the Lord Jesus Christ. But not having those things in your church do not, it's not evidence the spirit is not moving in that church. God poured out his spirit upon us that we may join him in his work. That's the wonderful, oh, that blows my mind. That God will use us to join him in his work. He can pour out his spirit on anyone he wants. He don't even reveal Jesus Christ. Of course he does. But to let us in on what he's doing as he built his kingdom from people from all over the world. That is a clear sign that we as individuals have yielded our life over to the Holy Spirit. It is a clear sign that we have said, yes, Lord. Amen, Lord. And I realize that, 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 that the, the African-American and the African have got a bad got a bad rap through the Pentecostal movement. Because we are 
uh, not afraid to uh, allow our uh, emotion to be engaged in our worship. Because we get excited about what we hear. We get excited about being in the presence of God with his peoples. But that's just what it is. But then we also have brothers and sisters who may not say a word. And yet they are still filled with the Holy Spirit. That's the good news of the, 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 the gospel of Jesus Christ and getting us from where we, for meeting us where we act. Let us pray. And Father, I praise you. I thank you for who you are. I thank you for your for your son dying upon the cross for us for shedding his blood. I thank you for raising him from the dead. And I thank you, Lord, for birthing the church through the, through the person of the Holy Spirit, for sustaining us, for adopting us into your family. Lord, we love you, Lord. And we thank you for what you are doing in this world, even though. We have the coronavirus. And now, Lord, through your Holy Spirit, you will sustain us. We don't have to come up with, 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 with all kind of props. We don't have to worry. You have sustained the church through all. In fact, you have sustained the church, Lord God, through all kind of catastrophic uh, diseases and stuff. The church have always is going to come out of the strong. Why? Because of the person of the Holy Spirit. You are going to sustain us and keep us. So, Lord, we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, my friends, receive God's parting blessing. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. Amen.